0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Think involved.
0: With Matt Harmon.
1: It seems like you know Bob the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clipped that. Looking forward to facing your mom at some point. Last night at the bar we were at, I had some really bad queso. I've never had no bad queso, really. It's Thursday, December 8th. and We've reached the most important part of the NFL season (laughs) this this outrageous week 14 bi-week apocalypse no that's not what the most important thing is fantasy playoffs are here things are happening they're on the line um it's it's a great time to be following the NFL it's a great time to be playing fantasy football and it's a great time here on Thursday to be joined by my favorite stat nerd for stat nerd Thursday it's Dalton Del Don Dalton what's going on buddy Ah, uh, a couple of blow, blows to the Bay Area, man. We lost
0: Jimmy Garoppolo to another injury. Um, our guy, Tom Brady, the hits just keep coming for his. Another failure for him recruiting Aaron Judge to the Giants. You know, I went to sleep thinking he was uh, going to be a giant. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about here. But suddenly he re- he resigned with the Yankees and Brady was, you know, pitching him during the the Monday night game. So a failure there.
1: So a couple of hits for my Bay Area teams. I do actually know what you're talking about. I guess I can talk about this now, but um, my wife works for an agency, and she knew a full like 24, 48 hours in advance that Judge was going back to the Yankees because uh, one of their clients. Uh, you could have asked me, Brian. I, knew I this, absolutely could have. John Hayman made a tweet saying and- it was a done deal to the Giants, and everyone yep. ran with it. So I absolutely yep. didn't realize that I had
0: inside information. I know.
1: Yeah, I was. I kept telling her because she. She told me about it. And I was like, you know, this could be my big break. Like I could break I could break this news completely. Oh, you would have And I would, you know, I mean, that would have been my big break. But you know what? Big wife guy, more than a career guy. So I kept my mouth shut all yesterday about it. I didn't tell anybody. I mean, who? who I, 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 you could have at least I, shot your buddy, you know, a, a text, though. You could have done that, but it, it's all right. But that's <laughs> never, uh, that's never. No, know. no, I would. I will. I will lie to you right through my teeth, Dalton, every single day uh, to protect. Uh, You're protect saving my the text integrity. for the
0: liver king apology. That's I, that's fine. That, that, <laughs> yeah, those, are, those are the important yeah, texts to me exactly. anyway. So you got the real one. So anyway, yeah. Garoppolo went down for the season, too. So that
1: sucked as well. Well, maybe, maybe for the season, but we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. You know what we do here on Stat Nerd Thursday. We don't just talk about uh, Aaron Judge uh, or the Liver King, (laughs) although we hit on all things as well. We give you one stat that you need to know for all 32 teams before we wade into the waters of Thursday Night Football. My God, the waters are disgusting this week, so we will try to push that off as long as possible. We start with the Philadelphia Eagles because we start... With the best team, we go first to worst in terms of record. The Eagles have been in the top spot for quite some time. Now, Jalen Hurts has the third best passer rating when throwing go routes this year, Dalton. A um, couple of reasons I want to highlight this. First, to talk about Jalen Hurts, uh, we'll we'll do that in a second here. But I want you to try to guess who the number one passer rating quarterback is when throwing go routes this year. You'll, I don't think you will guess it. I think there's no shot. Yeah, so Burrow's too obvious. I don't
0: know. My guy, Goff. I, have, I mean, it's obviously someone that we, would surprise me the way you're framing this. So uh, who is
1: it? Tua it, Tua is number two. Uh, so it's not Tua. It's Matt Ryan. Right. Yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah, I would not have. Yes, wouldn't have guessed that one. It must have be always when
0: kept clean, no doubt. But uh, interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's got to be, but a lot of it, I think, is because Alec Pierce has like been a big contested go route guy this year, and is by the way the attempt like in terms of the attempts, it's outrageously uh you know big difference there. So just thought that was interesting that Matt Ryan has the highest passer rating with throwing go routes this year. Um, but I wanted to talk about Jalen Hurts because I think Hurts has been great in fantasy, obviously since the Eagles bye week. Um, and and I think what's been so interesting, you know, the damn Titans fire their general manager the day after they. Not the day after, but a couple days after they uh <laughs> they, they lose to AJ Brown and the Eagles and stuff like that. I think what's been crazy about Eagle, like AJ Brown with the Eagles this year, you know, I've always think he's been a full field player, like a guy that can separate at all levels, a guy that can win on go routes, but like he was always used as an over the middle, in-breaking bully wide receiver. And it's crazy that Jalen Hurts' biggest strengths have always been throwing outside the numbers, like throwing deeper passes, you know, along the sidelines, stuff like that. And it's just one of those situations where be- w- the, these two guys have brought out the best in each other, and we know that, for, obviously, from the raw stats perspective. But the fact that, like, Hertz is bringing out qualities that were there to be unlocked with A.J. Brown in Tennessee, but have now been unlocked here in, in the Eagles offense, I think it's just a really big testament to Hertz's growth and development as a player. And last week in hindsight, it was just such an obvious
0: DFS stack facing a pass funnel Tennessee Titans defense without Goddard. It's you got Devonta Smith and and Bre- AJ Brown in the concentrated targets and Brown's a revenge game. Oh man, it paid off big time. AJ Brown, not only did he have that 41 yard, I don't know if it was moved to a 40-yard catch, but in back-to-back plays, I don't know if you saw that, but he uh, uh, penalty nullified the first one. And then on the yeah. next play, it was like the most separation on a 25-yard uh, TD pass in the last five years. Uh, he's just a beast, obviously. We can look back at his overall numbers and remember one of those games, like Devontae Adams, it was basically like it did not play while like dealing with an illness when we look back at the box score. But yeah, Jalen Hurts has been awesome, an MVP candidate. This team is the real deal, obviously, with Jimmy Garoppolo going down. And the way the Eagles look now, I mean, they're yeah, they're they look pretty, pretty well set to be the favorite to come out of that conference.
1: I don't normally do stuff like this, but somebody else brought an old tweet of mine back into my mention. So then I went to look at the replies I tweeted on draft night when right after the AJ Brown trade that Brown has all the ability to be a legit top five NFL wide receiver, hundred percent worth the trade, the contract, all of it, him and Devonte Smith, awesome tandem for the Eagles going forward. Like, and I felt strongly about Brown as a player before coming to Philadelphia, I felt strongly, but like the replies to that tough, tough, tough scene uh, in terms of the doubters for Jalen hurts. And I think it's just, The lesson that I take away from a guy like Hertz, you know, number one, you get a transformative talent at wide receiver and put him in the offense. You you can take a step, obviously. But Hertz had shown signs of incremental growth over the last four years of playing football. And like sometimes it really pays off to use your imagination that a guy who has shown positive signs can take another step. And I think we've seen that obviously with Hertz this year. It's just a good lesson to remember and you give him the best
0: offensive line and you add a borderline top five wide receiver they didn't just add a good wide receiver in free agency they added a borderline exactly. top five one so that's a mess now why he's just you know erupting in fantasy I mean it's a uh, yeah it's a big deal and then convert, just real quickly Vrabel I believe like promised AJ Brown he was returning so I get the feeling that was ownership issue some sort yeah. of payment there so I don't have the GM obviously the scapegoat here but um I don't know it, it feels like that was a, an ownership issue there letting Brown go
1: yeah, well, and now I think they're clearly pissed about it because they fired John Robinson. Yeah, Will Brinson brought up brought back a clip of uh, Mike Vrabel clearly pissed like in the draft room right after the uh, right after the AJ Brown trade was announced. You know, it broke. Obviously, yeah. it had just gone down because Vrabel, yeah, was the one who said like no way we're not trading aj brown so that that's a pro move by the way when the camera's on you make sure you let everybody know like no i'm against this i am uh, like this is not my idea that's a pro move by mike vrabel right there to then uh you know just just shave off all the, all accountability there so yeah clearly a lot of regrets there you
0: know uh, what else has aged well is didn't the vikings laugh when jefferson was, was not picked yes. right in front of them i mean what a, yeah that when, they, when the so eagles well. took jalen
1: rager yeah. who ironically is on the minnesota vikings right now but yeah uh, although zimmer's laughing Rick's,
0: from home but still yeah. it's still right yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. rick spielman yeah. and and mike zimmer both were laughing in that yeah. video oh, both him. no longer with the team <laughs> uh but yeah regardless um and that that one I mean, I could I could talk about these trades all, all day long, but we got to move on here. Uh, we are moving on to the Minnesota Vikings. Um Ironically, uh, just right away, look seamless transition there by look you, Dalton. Yeah, you sent this one in from uh, Kelly Ford. Ratings. Um, this is a- an interesting tweet. I I can't read off the entire thing here, but basically the premise is: What if every one possession NFL game had the opposite results? The top six seeds in the AFC would all be eight and four, and the Vikings would be one and eleven and eliminated from playoff contention. It is pretty crazy, and I know Vikings fans will probably come back. Although there's a lot of like self-deprecating kind of uh living in the misery uh aware of what they are vikings fans out there but i'm sure some of them will be like shut the hell up like what matters is what our record actually is but it's crazy that if every uh one score game was the other way around. For the Vikings, they'd be 1-11 this year. Yeah,
0: the, the worst team uh, in football. It is cr- it is uh, crazy. Only forcing two punts against the Jets last week. Um,
1: But they deserve some credit for
0: winning these football games. And on a positive yeah. note, I would like to bitch and complain a little about myself when I went to <laughs> Vegas uh, over the summer. I <laughs> wanted to bet on Justin Jefferson to win Offensive Player of the Year. I could not find it at any book. And I guarantee he's, he is a shoe in to win that with their record and him being a non quarter and yeah, putting maybe. the number he's. He's definitely going to win off. All- uh, the 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 offensive player of the year man i just i i who who is going to beat him on that i think it's he's definitely going to he's a sure in for that one but the vikings deserve i guess coaching i don't know but kirk cousins is literally having the worst season of his career statistically and here they are at 10 and 2 i mean just wild stuff last year too they led every game but one by at least 6 points you know and finished with a bad record so what is this just the most obscene regression of all time i mean it's obviously the truth lies somewhere in the middle but it's it's pretty wild to see this this They'd be one in eleven if you flip the one score games.
1: Yeah, it it is wild. On the on the note about like offensive player of the year, I think Tyree Kill can win it. Uh, I think like. I don't like when they do a quarterback as offensive player of the year because it's basically like a consolation for the fact that no oh, Mahomes, Hertz. Yeah, yeah, Mahomes like and Hurts. Yeah, Mahomes and Hurts. I could see Hurts being offensive yeah. player of the year. Mahomes is MVP. So there, there's some way, and, and I think the Tyreek Hill one is like a big narrative-based award, right, because he goes to a new team and all that type of stuff. So there's plenty of chances. What's going to be interesting, Dalton, is is like the all-pro votes at wide receiver because I think Justin Jefferson, the fact that the Vikings are as, that their record is as good as they are, that that's gonna get Justin Jefferson and all-pro vote, but like you just look at the top four receivers right now, top four receivers in fantasy, ironically enough, Devontae Adams, Steph Diggs. Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, like it's crazy that one of those guys is not going to be an All-Pro this year. Obviously, we didn't even mention A.J. Brown, who we just talked about. Great point about Hill. If he's he's the first receiver to
0: break 2,000 yards, he may take home the award. Crazy uh, fact, a a tweet I saw. Do you know that the one snap all last game that Sauce Gardner lined up on uh, the left or the right side of the field was the touchdown catch by Justin Jefferson? The one snap he lined up on that side? That's pretty wild. Obviously, the rookie's been dominant, but that's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, because that's a defense that doesn't have you know like a shadow. They don't shadow Sauce Gardner like that, but they move him that one time. And but that's what's so crazy about these guys, like Justin Jefferson and and Ceedee Lamb, who we just had on the show, is like a a great example of this. What we talked about yesterday, like him playing as a slot receiver. uh, He plays in the slot a lot more than Justin Jefferson, but they don't use Justin Jefferson as that like X receiver that's tethered to one spot. The fact that they can move these guys around pre snap. It really screws with the with the defenses like matchups matchup assignments there, especially when you don't um have like a shadow corner that tracks around, and because most teams don't play a lot of man coverage, you don't have a lot of shadow corners. So, I don't know. I think um man, it's crazy the way we talked about like wide receiver cornerback matchups like five years ago is so different than hopefully everybody is talking about it now. Totally, yeah, way different. You would know better than anyone, but um yeah, it's really tough. To I I really
0: like to i I did my bus column this week. I did zero receivers in, uh, you know, I had a couple hits last week, but um, Metcalf did not make me look smart. It's just so tough to I try to face more on game game flow when I'm projecting receivers than I am matchups because there's so few just shut down corners these days. And there's and there's a really long article written like a year and a half ago, basically just pointing out that it's just impossible because even a few plays here and there, you know, could could, you know, your receiver could put up a good fantasy game. So, yeah, I, I agree with you.
1: Yeah, the Gabe Davis principle, like you can stink it up all game, but then one play, uh, you know, you can make your whole fantasy day. Um, no, that's a... By the way, our, our Mike Evans, Gabe Davis bet, I don't even know who's ahead at this point. And it's like, there are no winners in that one. Are, someone did. No I years. don't think they tagged you, but someone gave me props for that
0: uh, just a couple days ago. And I'm like, hey, I'm not doing any victory laps for Gabe Davis here. And he said he just pointed <laughs> out that uh, he avoided Mike Evans because of me. So I'll take the I'll take yeah. that. But yeah, that's a it sucks. Mike Evans we wide both...
1: receiver 27, Gabe Davis wide receiver 24. Uh, yeah, Ugly no, stuff. Yeah, that's not what we were stuff. hoping for. Yeah, no, no. Nah, yeah, I think I, that, that's definitely one where it's like there's no winners. I mean, you're right. You will win the bet. I think. Well, I, no, that's up in the air for sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely up in the air, but either way, like, even if I win the bet, I I let me tell you what my teams. Well, I don't know. My teams with Mike Evans are OK, but not because of Mike Evans. That's a whole nother discussion there. As long um, as this results in me trying father's office burger, uh, I'll be happy. <laughs> there we go. All right. Buffalo Bills. Next team up here. Uh, we got to have a conversation about James Cook, who we talked about a little bit earlier for a video. Um, I've mentioned this a couple of times that James Cook obviously surpassed De- uh, Devin Singletary in terms of uh, percentage of team rushes for the Buffalo Bills last week. But you brought a good stat from our guy, Jacob Gibbs. Uh, explosive run rate, 15 plus yards. James Cook, 11.7 percent this year. Devin Singletary, 5.8 percent. Targets per route run, 34 percent for James Cook, 14 percent for Devin Singletary. Are we seeing a little bit of a flip here in the Buffalo Bills backfield? It appears so, and just 14 bucks in Yahoo DFS this week. I do think it'll
0: be, you know... Uh, split with the carries but man if Cook gets those uh, those receptions and Singletary they've been trying to replace as the receiving back for a while now and he's just historically been bad in yards per route run so uh, Cook kind of popped watching him last time too he looked good so uh, yeah I'm really interested in him as a cheap DFS option and and I ranked him as a top 25 back ahead of Singletary uh, uh, this week too so yeah uh, not a great matchup against the Jets but um, this is a was an eye-opening uh, difference there in, in usage.
1: A hundred percent and like that's the reason they drafted James cook was to replace Devin Singletary as receiving back. You know, it's even though cook hasn't been a day one contributor, which I don't think is the most surprising thing in the world. They have really tried to hammer this home into Josh Allen's head. Like take the check down, take the check down because when you take it, We've got guys like James Cook or Isaiah McKenzie or these guys that make plays in the open field, like they'll take that check down a few more yards and you'll build up that way. It's worked. He's thrown to running backs at a higher rate this year than ever before. But like, yeah, now if they get what they thought out of James Cook, that juice in the backfield there, um, I I don't see why he couldn't be like an every week flex option as long as this, this usage that we saw last week holds rest of season. Yep, agreed. Like
0: I said, I'm uh, yeah, I'm ranked as my 24th back, but uh, safe is a flex play. Uh, yeah, man, running backs is ugly. If you look at the leaderboard, transitioning to the Cowboys next, do you realize that Tony Pollard was the number two fantasy back last week? He saw fewer than 15 touches. I mean, it's a it's a wild RB landscape out there right now. So yes, James Cook is absolutely startable.
1: Uh, Tony Pollard single-handedly won me a matchup last week. So uh, shout out to Tony Pollard. Shout out to the Dallas Cowboys who have yeah, this is our staff for them. One of the highest implied team totals of the season, while the Texans have one of the lowest. Um, This looks like a potential bloodbath here, uh, this upcoming matchup.
0: Yeah, Kyle Allen was
1: so bad, they're turning back to the
0: detective Davis Mills, and like I said, Pollard last week, uh, he actually saw his uh, lowest snap share since week six, and and Ezekiel Elliott saw his highest snap share since then, despite not starting for disciplinary reasons. I have Zeke as a top 12 back as well in this matchup. I mean, you know, biggest favorites of the season. Uh, Pollard, a top 10 back and right behind him, Zeke. Zeke actually with the touches when the touchdowns. I mean, I would not be surprised at all if he produced more fantasy points this week. So I could see starting both even in a DFS lineup. I mean, this just, uh Malik Davis was uh, what was it? Uh, the top top 30 fantasy back last week and he had two or three touches. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty wild. I could see another thing with a very favorable game script leading to a ton of rushing attempts from Dallas.
1: Uh, Shout out to us. We talked about Michael Gallup last week and how some of the signals uh, were there and he got two touchdowns last week. I feel like he's now he's kind of in that potential every week wide receiver three discussion now that he is um, looking healthy just on the Odell Beckham thing. I know we talked about it with C.D. Lamb yesterday. And now, you know, we've gotten a lot of reports since then that the team seems pretty concerned about uh, Beckham's potential availability prior. Like they think he might not be ready until mid January, which like no kidding. He tore his ACL in mid February in the Super Bowl. Like, of course, he might not be 100% ready. It's not even, it's not, it's the the second time he's torn that knee. Like, it's not surprising at all. I can't believe people were like holding Odell Beckham on as like a stash in fantasy. It was clear if if he was ever going to be involved for any team, it wouldn't be until the actual NFL playoffs. Like, he was, I don't think he was ever going to help a team. That was obvious. Like, typically, it's funny when we see these guys coming back from these injuries, they're, you know, posting route running videos, stuff like that. Beckham, it's never been. It's nothing like that has come out, you know. Um, So, I don't know, although if I'm Beckham, I would be pretty pissed that like I go visit the, co- or the Bills and I go visit the Giants. Nothing comes out about my medicals as soon as I go to Dallas and it's like, oh, now it's leaking. Yeah, he wants to sign without even getting a physical. Yeah, and the way Jerry Jones acted, it
0: sounded like yeah, what's a multi-year deal. So um, I would not, yeah, definitely don't count on him in fantasy terms. And it may be a long shot in, in real terms as well. But yes, Jared Smola tweeted this. Malik Davis played three snaps last week and was the RB27 in half-point PPR. I mean, that's how
1: wild running back... Running back is right now. It's it's ugly. Kansas City Chiefs here. Juju Smith Schuster has gotten a first down on forty nine percent of his targets this year. That's the fourth best among guys with fifty plus targets. Um, just wanted to check in on like the usage for these Chiefs players because I I'm still like Juju's been a weird player this year. That like in the first part of the year, you know, it was the usage was there or like the, the playing time was there, but it wasn't really happening. Then there was a good chunk of the year where it was happening. He gets his concussion, and then ever since then. Um, and he got a little banged up in in the game last week, too. I don't know. I mean, he's been a pretty good player for the Chiefs this year. But from a fantasy standpoint, it's been so hard to pinpoint uh, where he is since that um, since that big concussion. And he missed a game. And they used him sparingly. And then he got back last game. I think he got hit up again. Like, I, I don't know what's going on with Juju at this point.
0: Yeah, I still ranked him as a top thirty wideout. It's it's weird over there in KC. MVS is dropping multiple passes. Sky Moore looked like a real sleeper trajectory for more playing time and was just a ghost last week. Um, Kadarius Tony is now back practicing. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a messed up situation there for the receivers. But Juju is the
1: most reliable of, of them, so I'm I'm still ranking him as such. But yeah, it hasn't been great. No, definitely not. Um... Pacheco, though, I think has given them a lot in the run game, so uh, it's been nice to see the Chiefs. It's it's just always been very obvious that the Chiefs have missed a power run game in the last few years of the Mahomes era, and I love what Pacheco's brought to them there uh, as opposed to CEH. All right, next one here, Baltimore Ravens. uh, You brought this to the table. Tyler Huntley, in games where he led the team in pass attempts, Mark Andrews had a 28.4% target share, uh, 91.8 yards per game, 20 fantasy points per game in all other games. Uh, Obviously 22 games last couple uh, last two years, 19% target share, 66.5 yards per game. I know these stats are popular right now on the fantasy streets. Cause obviously we're getting Tyler Huntley back in the mix here.
0: Yeah, I mean, he hasn't, Andrews has been a disappointment, hasn't scored since week six, um, but Huntley just targets him like crazy. There's no receivers there this week. Pittsburgh ranks top five in yards per carry, but bottom five in yards per pass attempt allowed. So, um, I mean, he's a, Andrews is a, it's weird losing Lamar Jackson and considering it an upgrade, but looking at those target rates, uh, yeah, Andrews becomes a viable DFS option this week.
1: Yeah. And I mean, who the hell else is Tyler Huntley going to throw to, right? Like, the, the, they're running out goofball wide receivers. Now, I'm a, like a little bit more cautious on Tyler Huntley than I think others are just because this offense is so poorly constructed right now. The talent's bad. You know, last year they have Rashad Bateman and Marquise Brown playing during this stretch. Although that obviously makes the argument for Mark Andrews a little bit better there. But I'm just pretty cautious that, like, the Ravens can score more than 14 points in any given matchup.
0: No, I hear you. Huntley, uh, in his defense last year, you look at his numbers, realize that I I think he dealt with like this COVID situation. He played sick and he didn't practice one week. But on the flip side now this year, he's with a roster that Lamar Jackson was struggling through, too. So, yes, absolutely. He could still play well and still not, you know, quite look as great in the box score based on his teammates. But he rushes. So he's interesting in fantasy and he was definitely popular in uh, super
1: flex leagues in the waiver wire this week for sure. Cincinnati Bengals uh, right behind the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be a fun battle for the AFC North there the rest of the way. Joe Burrow has a 2.5 second time to throw since week 10. That ranks 36th among quarterbacks. He's been getting the ball out so fast, which that's notable because Burrow typically has been a higher time to throw guy. He'll sit there in the pocket. But, like, the fact that these running backs are involved, uh, Samaje Piran especially, dude, I'm – I'm I'm very impressed with how Samaje Perine has looked in this offense man like he's the numbers have been good but he just has brought like a different powerful dimension to the point where I'm like might they split things up a little bit more between Mixon and Perine uh whenever Mixon gets back out there but you know Perine as a passing asset has has contributed to Joe Burrow's lower time to throw but overall I think Burrow deserves a lot of credit right now as a guy who has changed up his playing style and the offense has been better for it Absolutely. I think that stat has
0: something to do with Chase missing some of those games. He, they forced him to get the ball out quicker, but, uh um, oh boy, Chase is a beast. Still, still uh, got the ball out pretty
1: it? fast against the Chiefs, though. It was like 2.4 yeah. seconds. Nope. So. No, no doubt.
0: Yeah, no, that's why I was hoping they could marry the two, you know, learn mm-hmm. to play that way with Chase returning. We talked about it last week when, uh, I think you laughed when I suggested their offense was more efficient without him, but I was just trying to bring <laughs> up a greater point, and obviously Chase is is, is a beast, and, uh, and Tyler Boyd, man, that was a worst drop, one of the worst drops oh, of the yeah. season that's last year, and now he's going to be more involved with Hayden. And Hurst going down too. But um yeah, I, I agree with you. P. Ryan's looked great. Maybe more of an even split there with the carry. Certainly he's going to remain the passing down back there. And uh, Burrow's awesome. And and like I said last week too, he's admitted that a lot of his sack issues, they come on third down and, and downs that he doesn't carry or punting anyway. So he looks great. They're obviously a, a real threat. It's wild that they beat the Chiefs three straight games by the exact score, 27-24, I believe. That's crazy. I thought Mahomes, Um I actually had a, a, only one bet this week, a, 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 a long parlay and the only loss was Chiefs money line so that was a frustrating one but I, I shouldn't that's what I get for playing the narrative that he's going to be fired up you know trying to get revenge from last year's AFC championship game. That was a total coin flip game so I deserve to lose that stupid stupid
1: it is pretty funny that the Chiefs have lost five games since week eight last year and three of them have been to the Cincinnati Bengals like uh, I, I just think the Bengals look like a really good team right now and and burrow again it's it's hard for quarterbacks to sort of change up the way they play. In the middle of a season like this, and I think Zach Taylor, who like some people give Zach Taylor a bunch of crap, but like I think he really deserves like, a lot of credit as well for this offensive change. Um, and all of these guys I think are better in fantasy because of it. And the the backfield stuff is, you know, I know that's not like it's not a specific backfield stat, but there's no doubt like throwing to P Ryan and even a little bit to Mixon as well this year has contributed to Joe Burrow getting the ball out faster. I. Again, Pirine has looked so good the last few weeks. I do wonder if he remains involved uh, when Mixon comes back. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah I, I believe he will be
0: more involved than he was before. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, it's funny that like, uh, you know, less than a calendar year ago, people are laughing at the Bengals for giving Samaje Pirine the ball in the Super Bowl. And then now it's like, oh, maybe he's going to be more involved. Like yeah, this it's funny. funny. I forgot about yes, that. It's
0: a good, yes. uh, good call.
1: Funny how football is. Uh, Miami Dolphins next team here. Jeff Wilson's snap rate since he got to Miami 49%, 61%, 61%, and then 37% last week. Dalton, what a crash and burn moment for Jeff Wilson in his uh quote revenge game against the San Francisco 49ers. It's tough, right? Because I think we can feel pretty good that Tua and, and the boys bounce back against the Chargers. Ugh, pitiful defense. You know, Devontae Adams absolutely took him to the woodshed. Last week, we talked about that with Austin Eckler yesterday, but man, these running backs, we obviously want to start them against the Chargers defense, but I don't know how you can really feel great about Jeff Wilson after what we saw last week. Yeah, missed on DK Metcalf in my bus
0: column, but hit on Jeff Wilson. Didn't expect just one touch though. That was certainly weird. But you you hit the main point here. They they go from having a an extremely tough matchup against the Niners to one of the best against the Chargers. So what is the carries going to be divvied up here with Moster and Wilson? We may not get uh you know obviously and that's a Sunday night game too. Um, it's unclear if Wilson's lack of involvement was due to an injury, but um yeah that's a, a not exactly an ideal situation for fantasy managers because of the divvied up carries, but. Tua could be limited in that ankle injury, and they could be really focused on the ground there too. Without the missing both tackles, you know, it was his most inaccurate game of his career last week, arguably against the Niners. So, um, yeah, this should be a real fun one in prime time, and uh, the backfield is one to really pay attention to. Uh, the the, the and, and again, Mostert's you know, another injury around the corner, and, and Wilson could be a real big contributor uh, in the
1: fantasy playoffs. But right now, yeah, it's not ideal. Hopefully, um, I think Khalil Mack's been pretty good for the Chargers this year. He's been like one of their lone kind of bright spots on defense they don't have a lot of other defensive line talent obviously Joey Bosa still missing games because man when you can hit Tua that was a reminder against 49ers when you can get the guy rattled it could throw the entire thing off script Um, so but I do think overall Tua probably bounces back in this spot Uh, it's obviously going to be a super big talked about game uh, there that that matchup between those two quarterbacks but yeah I feel pretty good about Raheem Mostert but I'd like to feel better about Jeff Wilson than I do uh, coming off that workload last week all right It's time, Dalton. San Francisco 49ers. BCB, it's Brock Purdy for the uninitiated. Uh, 5.4 air yards per attempt was the lowest among all quarterbacks last week. Pretty much to be expected, but Dalton, give us the State of the Union on Brock Purdy.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating to see Garoppolo go down again. You know, he had a season-ending ACL tear in 2018, season-ending ankle injury in 20, now this broken foot, and obviously he's playing injured all last postseason, too, with a broken thumb and a shoulder injury that required surgery. So uh, the Niners have a roster that could win the Super Bowl, and they're down to their third-string quarterback, who's Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft six foot one kind of looks like jeff garcia out there with some mobility (laughs) um i try to talk myself into him looked at the highlights you know the thing is he's uh respected in the locker room as you say there bcb and he's i I guess you know a real bookworm and he was prepared you know to play he's in the system it's kind of funny that they didn't even bother to put in a waiver claim for baker mayfield and the rams got him but of um, of
1: course of course they didn't i can't like what a stupid stupid idea that was that they would ever be interested in freaking baker mayfield give me a break this is a defense that
0: is um, out. the The team has outscored their opponents seventy-seven to seven after halftime. The last five games, their defense has allowed seven points after halftime. The last five games, our guy Jan- John Legaza has a tweet with all. They lead basically every single category. Um, uh, over the past six weeks, so and it's a quarterback. T- you know, don't forget Nick Mullen's second most pass yards in NFL history over his first 16 games because Shanahan gets all these yards after the catch guys, mm-hmm. um, who all are mostly healthy now. Christian McCaffrey is going to be he's going to get all the touches he can handle. Purdy, uh, as you said, obviously it was all underneath stuff, um, but he's not afraid to throw it uh, under pressure and he stayed uh, there in the pocket. And uh, we'll see. The Niners. Uh, are, are now all in with a you know seventh string quarterback making his first start, and he's favored favored by three and a half points over Tom Brady, who's been playing football longer than than he's been, than Purdy's been alive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, that is amazing stuff, right? Um, yeah, no, good points. I mean, on uh on Brock Purdy uh, overall, like I- they're not playing I- football, I- playing in the NFL, to be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, but yeah, Brock Purdy. I feel like you gotta kind of feel good about the fact that Shanahan likes him enough to keep him on the roster. Like to that with the old Nate Sudfeld, like they jettisoned him in the off season. Like, and they had a big call. they were, had like a couple
0: million like dedicated to him, and they thought it was Sudfeld. But yeah, absolutely, they Purdy outplayed him. That is a, that is worth noting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, four-year like starter G-
0: breakout hey, his Break you go, you open his player profiler page and you squint. You know you want to look for something. Breakout <laughs> age ninety fifth percentile, and I guess Ooh. he was balling as a freshman. And then COVID hit, and if someone's cl- complained about the coaching, I'm not. You know, Andy, we talked to Andy more about Ohio State guy there, but Iowa State there. Sorry, but um, I don't, I don't, I don't follow it. But um, yeah, I, uh, I'm very. It, it's it's unprecedented situation really with a guy with his with his draft status taking over this type of roster.
1: But it does sound like Jimmy Garoppolo could be back for divisional round nfc championship if this seven to new, new seven to eight week timeline is true from adam schefter yesterday we'll see obviously what happens there but yeah i feel like purdy is good enough to write the ship or keep the ship afloat and good enough maybe to even win a playoff game with this particular roster um so we're you're still feeling okay enough about um debo about iuke about kittle like enough to start these guys in fantasy
0: yeah, I still rank him as startable, but it's a no doubt downgrade for Samuel and Ayuk and Kittle. Um, but uh, Ayuk, if, you, if you've if followed him, he loved it. He said that Purdy went over to him and said, I missed you. And, be, and and Ayuk's like, I'm rolling with him. I don't want Baker before when he was still rumored. He's like, I'm rolling with Purdy. I haven't had a quarterback come up to me and take responsibility like that. And we see how hard he works. So Ayuk's like all in
1: on this kid. It like the whole locker room is. Oh, let's go. Yeah. I mean, uh, BCB. There we go. Exactly. Uh, it's, go. It's, it's, it's exciting to see. I can't wait to see it. That's a... Uh, Hey, listen, that's like the 15th receiver that's like, I don't want any part of Baker Mayfield. Uh, yeah, so which pretty understandable. All right, New York Giants here. Next one, Saquon Barkley has a 25% rushing success rate since Week 11. Um, super inefficient uh, uh, on the ground. Got back a little bit going last year, week, and, and you know it's funny. Like I was reading stuff, uh, Saquon Barkley was like talking to reporters where, you know, people are asking is the shoulder injury is a problem, and he's like, no, I'm just like I'm not playing well right now. Um, so where are we at with the Giants who are heading? Um, you know, it's just been a tough part of their schedule, and I feel like they're kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. It's such a tough schedule. It was at Dallas, then Washington,
0: and now the Eagles with a totally revamped the uh, defensive front against the run, and then Washington again. So and then the Eagles to end the year. So it's a it's a tough schedule against the run as it gets basically. But um, yeah, maybe it's part this part the shoulder, part just wear and tear, and part uh, an offense that has Darius Slayton as its clear number one pass catcher. I, I mean, we like Slayton, but I mean it's you know it's limited uh uh it's weapons that the defense has to focus on. So yeah, it's it's now looking more and more like a long shot that my Barkley to win the rushing title hits here but um I could use it like you could, could use a couple big games down the stretch here Harmon
1: yeah he's fourth uh in the NFL in rushing right now Yeah, it's not not terrible um but Josh yeah, we'll get Jacobs- to
0: Henry Henry is battling something too yeah. he's slowed down Nick Chubb is slowed down so yeah I mean Josh Jacobs is just unstoppable
1: it's like an absurd lead on it right now. He's thirteen, uh, one thousand three hundred and three yards, uh, rushing right now. Nobody else is over twelve hundred. So yeah, pretty insane run there for Josh Jacobs. Uh, that's gonna be tough for for Barkley or anybody to pass him. Um. All right, let's move on to the Jets here. Dalton, you had some good stats on not just Garrett Wilson earlier, but uh, the Bills' defense and why it might not be as intimidating a matchup for a guy like Garrett Wilson this week.
0: First of all, Garrett Wilson's just so good. He's saw the third oh, yeah. most air yards of any game in the NFL last season, and five games without Zach Wilson, he's averaging 11 targets, 94 yards, and nearly a touchdown. I mean, just look at his yards per route run with Flacco and Mike White as his QBs, and they're just matched by only all pros. Um, I have him ranked, I think, as my wide receiver sixth this week. Uh, they're going to have yeah. to throw against the Bills. Bills have put up points. They've allowed the 11th most fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, I wrote in my column top three, and then in a video I said top five, but am I being a little <laughs> bit too, too um, recency biased saying, uh, Wilson, I have ranked as a top three
1: dynasty wideout right now? Nope. I don't think okay. so. Oh, nice. uh no i mean you know right right now like when i do dynasty ranks i still think that chase and jefferson are in like a tier to themselves as the two top two guys but then you know you get to the next group of dudes it's like aj brown it's cd lamb you know and then and then there's like the the kind of veteran dudes like adams cooper cup Stephon diggs tyreek hill i think that's the group of guys there though that you know, I think Garrett Wilson, I think Chris Olave, I think I think even still Drake London belongs in that in that tier of dudes. The thing is like you know, CeeDee Lamb is tied to Dak, AJ Brown's tied to to Jalen Hurts oh, really? now and it is kind of uncomfortable that Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave and again, I think Drake London belongs in this group as well. All of those guys have mysterious quarterback situations long term right like Garrett Wilson who knows what the hell they're gonna do uh with the with the Jets at quarterback right you know it's not going back to Zach Wilson as much as Robert Sala keeps talking about it Drake London the Falcons have sort of played themselves out of a top pick the Saints played themselves into a top pick but they don't have that pick because in part they traded up for Chris Olave so it is and like with Dynasty you don't always want to just say oh yeah you want to um yeah, 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 yeah. You you don't you don't want to just like attach quarterback play as as the reason you're you're elevating these guys, but I think it can be a tiebreaker. But long story short, I do think like yeah, top five is is not outrageous uh, to say. And the one chase who's tied, to, you know, obviously elite
0: uh, QB, a young Burrow. It's also as a high, is also tied to the the best uh, teammate too. You know, T. Higgins is the most mm-hmm. target competition of all those too, uh, on his side too. So you could make an argument for all the. Certainly, Justin Jefferson probably would be the number one. But yeah, okay. I'm glad you didn't think I was crazy for putting Wilson in that group. But anyway, he's awesome nah, dude, and he's fire so him good. up in fantasy lineups no matter what. Moving for. I mean, he was stepped out of bounds at the ten barely last week too. He nearly had a touchdown on one of those long plays. Mike White, he nearly had two interceptions on his first two drives, and I get it. Uh, there, he has criticisms, but he also made some really awesome throws in that environment last week he really did and he
1: stood in pressure and some downfield and Garrett Wilson's going to benefit that dude's an alpha 100% agree all right Seattle Seahawks Kenneth Walker Pretty similar to Saquon Barkley has a 26 percent rushing success rate since week 10. You know, I have had a lot of conversations this week uh, on Twitter about like offensive rookie of the year. You know, a couple of weeks ago, it was like, oh, Kenneth Walker might be the guy he's he's really fallen off. And now he's dealing with this injury. How are we feeling about the Seahawks running back situation? uh, Both Walker and the dudes who might be behind him to replace him. Oh, just totally up in the air. You got to pay attention here. It looks like they're down to their fifth stringer, Tony Jones.
0: I mean, Walker, it was weird how he left that game last week. And then Pete Carroll's arguably the toughest coach to rely on for injury information. So a wait-and-see approach. Um, Travis Homer and DJ Dallas also got injured. So um, it's a good matchup at home against the Panthers and should be a favorable game script. But um, yeah, it's hopefully Walker gets healthy and it's not a serious ankle. uh, But but They're calling it jammed ankle, not a sprained one. But yeah, just a situation to pay attention to that we're
1: just – kind of guessing right now there's a one of my dynasty teams because of uh bye weeks i am desperate for tj dallas to like make this start (laughs) that would be like a a huge win for me but nobody cares about that what you do care about is some derrick henry discussion we're going to get to that right after this quick break searching for nba playoff coverage we've got you Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, Dalton, we're back. Tennessee Titans, they fired their general manager. Tough scene there. Uh, Tougher scene uh, comes in from Pat Thorman, this stat right here. He said on December 4th, Derrick Henry is averaging 2.8 yards per carry. That's 75th during the last uh, month. It was 4.8 before that. And then doubling down on that, Pat Thorman adds... Derrick Henry did not force a tackle last week for the first time in over four years. No missed tackles forced in a game. What is going on with Derrick Henry?
0: And he was on the injury report. I forget for exactly what it was, but right before this stretch. Now, let's not forget he had a long catch that nearly, you know, he's lost the fumble right at the goal line, too. But, um... Yeah, it hasn't been against the Murderer's Row defensive group. Um, eh, the last two, the Bengals are pretty tough and the, and the Eagles have reinforcements, but he didn't have a big game against the the Packers either. So I don't know. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's wear and tear. Maybe he's playing through an injury that he will you know get, get healthier as the season goes on. Or maybe this is a, something that's going to drag down his stats for the rest of the year. Don't have an answer for it, but it's something to, <laughs> that's clearly been a, a, a sample now enough to, that it warrants uh, paying attention to.
1: Yeah cuz there's a couple of viable explanations like he might be playing with through an injury this might just be all of these touches that have I guess what we talked about in the beginning of the year and it's it's funny how this stuff works right like if you talked about this in the offseason like oh Derrick Henry you know is he wearing down too much workload he was absolutely outrageous in the early part of the year you look like an idiot for even suggesting like oh could do we need to be worried about a cliff with Derrick Henry and then these last uh, yeah in yeah. fact, I did. I went on FFL and said that I did look like an idiot, in fact. <laughs> but I mean, like in the off season and it but this is what I'm saying. Like, this is a, it was a reasonable thing to bring up, even if the results didn't. You weren't an idiot. The results made you look like an idiot. But now we might be seeing the fruits of that discussion there. So I don't know. The one thing I would say, though, the only actionable thing I'd, I'd put out here because, you know, I had somebody ask me, like, is it time to panic on Derrick Henry? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what good panicking is going to, you are no, no good in panicking on it because he's just like it is what it is. Trade deadlines passed. Nobody cares. Like, you're just going to have to rock with it. The one thing I would say, though, is like, I feel like Dontrell Hilliard's a guy you might want to stick on the end of your bench uh, if you're making a playoff push right now. And I, I will also say, I'll
0: argue in favor of Henry going for him here. This week, mm. he's at home against a really bad Jacksonville uh, defense that may be playing without Trevor Lawrence. So it could be a real nice game script without Traylon Burks. And then in the fantasy playoffs, he gets the Chargers and yep. Texans. Yeah. So the schedule is as good as it could possibly get. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to mess up the guy's uh, name, but the tight end, the rookie tight end on the Titans, absolutely add him on your fantasy roster yeah. if he's, uh, he's out there. Can you say his name? Ch- Chig Ocon Chig
1: Nope. Got uh, to gotta, gotta okay. get that one better. <laughs> gotta <laughs> right. Add him, though. He's going to get <laughs> significant though, work yeah.
0: without Burks, though, and tight end landscape is a joke. I have him as a top 10 uh, tight end this week.
1: Oh, love it. Love the call there. All right. Washington football team. Brian Robinson has gained five plus yards on 50 percent of his carries since week 11. You know, Brian Robinson got kind of like a, a reputation in the draft process, even early when he was playing as like sort of a plotter. But he's been awesome. Of late, you know, I talked about this last week, how Washington has become the most run heavy team in the NFL in neutral situations. A lot of it is because Brian Robinson has been just a guy that's steadily getting five plus yards, four or five, you know, just adding those adding value with his rushes. I think it's gone under the radar a little bit that he's sort of emerged as like a reliable every week starter at this point.
0: Yeah, Gibson's playing through uh, an injury that doesn't appear to be going away until after this season. Nope. But yep, Rob Robinson looks good. It makes sense. it only get better as the season uh, further we've removed from the gunshots. So, yeah, he looks great, and he's going to be reliable uh, fa- uh, to use in fantasy down the stretch when the team emerges from its pie.
1: Yeah, uh, like it is worth noting, I think it, if you thought he was like a plotter coming into the NFL, you know, and, and then like he – I don't think he looked great this in his first few games – so he, he got shot, you know, like the guy got shot. OK, so like if he's getting better now, the longer he's playing, that makes complete sense. Uh, Just really like I think he's brought exactly what they wanted Uh, when they picked him, which was like they wanted like a, a grinder back, you know, to add that dimension to their offense. And it's really come together. Uh, You know, I'm just a big fan of uh, Scott Turner in that uh, Washington football team offense. So love to see that. Uh, don't love to see this. L.A. Chargers next team up here. Justin Herbert. Ranked just 19th in EPA per drop back since week 11, which is, of course, the week that Keenan Allen got back. I was really hopeful that Keenan Allen returning would be enough to sort of right the ship for the Chargers passing game. Looked like it in one game. Hasn't been so the the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, it was was not good other than the one long catch to 13 targets. He gained like 40 yards or something other than that one toward the end with Allen. Maybe he's not playing at 100%. I don't know. The coaching, you could argue, uh, they're – missing their center and a couple other well they're missing three starters i think on their offensive line so it's tough uh herbert's obviously is uh awesome and hopefully he gets improved coaching and healthier teammates moving forward i mean what more really can you say there I mean, do you think alan's playing through a hamstring injury that's just clearly yeah. not 100 percent? right yeah. i mean that's just what's the issue yeah. here right yeah
1: yeah i don't think he looks 100 uh when he's out there i mean he's occasionally like, he looks really good, but, I mean, that's the deal with, like, a hamstring injury is you can look all right for a little bit, and then you can pop, like, you can aggravate it, stuff like that. So, But it's just, like, I think he has to be out there playing because you can't go back to, like, the DeAndre Carter, Josh Palmer only goofball passing game. So, um, yeah, it's, like, I get – hopefully Mike Williams can come back uh, for this Sunday Night Football matchup, but, my God, I mean, it just does not feel good with Herbert in this offense right now. It's, like – it's Herbert, it's Eckler, and then a like a skeleton crew. It's pretty rough. And maybe I'm way off, but aggravating a high ankle sprain, looking at Williams, it
0: looked like me. He's not going to be back anytime soon, but maybe, hopefully I'm wrong, but boy, that, I wouldn't yeah, be I know, optimistic on him. You
1: always see like, lim- like, oh, he might practice in limited fashion here on like Wednesday, and then by Friday, it's like, nah, yeah, he ain't playing. So uh, I wouldn't feel great about it either. All right, New England Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson has a 25% target share since week seven. I mean, he's basically getting like, old Alvin Kamara usage right now as a receiver is Ramondre Stevenson you know the the mirage uh, Minnesota Vikings defense induced mirage of Mac Jones on Thanksgiving was nothing as we saw against Buffalo Bills like the one good thing about the Patriots right now is Ramondre Stevenson and that's about it
0: yeah he had a a crazy 98% snap share last week Kevin Harris played one snap And Raimondo Stevenson played 53. And you mentioned the targets are just out of control. So, yeah, I have him ranked as, I think, my fifth or sixth running back this week in that matchup. But he could easily be number one. I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah, I could easily I have him fourth. Sorry. And honestly, I think he's in a tier with Eckler, Jacobs and
1: McCaffrey and Chubb and and Henry right right there. Uh, I think Stevenson belongs in that group. He's one of those guys too. like don't watch don't watch Patriots games because, you know, by like halftime, even like early third quarter, People are, you know, like what's up with Stevenson? Like he's not—he's pretty disappointing this week or whatever. And then by the end of the game, he gets like five dump off passes at the end. Of, at the end of like a two-minute drive to, to to end the game on Thursday night last week, and it's like, okay, we're good to go. Like that was that was. And this one
0: actually, they might score points back and forth actually indoors against yes. Arizona, the rare game I think that yeah, they actually might open up with the, with the Patriots involved.
1: All right, another Pat Thorman tweet here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers segment. Tom Brady from play action uh, this year. adjusted completion percentage, eight yards per attempt, second best pro football focus passing grade, and a 103.6 passer rating. Um, Of course, those stats all fall off uh, when he has no play action. Of course, Brady has the 35th highest play action passing rate, 16.3% this year. Thorman's point on this is Brady isn't washed. He's being wasted. Um, Yeah, I think the... I think the Buccaneers' biggest issue right now, you know, it's been kind of a all year long, like, what's the wrong with the Bucs? What's going on with the Bucs? It's clear, like, they're a poorly coached team. Um, you know, both, I think, Todd Bowles, to a lesser extent, By- Byron Leftwich, but there's still some problems there from a play-calling perspective. But they're so conservative, and it's it's really crushing this Bucs team right now.
0: Yeah, when they went and hurry up uh, against Seattle, it worked, uh, falling behind, you know, when they had to, Forced to thankfully for, for them when Mark Ingram went out of bounds on that sure first down, and that helped too. So, yeah, it just seems like a coaching issue here. And uh, Brady, obviously, he's in decline at his age, whatever. But I think the uh, the stats are beer a little bit worse than he's actually been playing. And it was a tough test against 49ers this week coming home, yeah. coming back home. So that should be a good one. And Evans has been weird, man. Even um, with Lattimore uh, inactive Monday night, still couldn't get it done. It looks like Godwin is maybe even healthier at this stage. And and the Niners one vulnerability uh, this year has been the slot. So I, I think Godwin could have a a nice week. But even in that, the 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 A dot with him is like six yards or something. So, yeah. So. Short, so it's really weird, but I think the point here is that Brady could use more play action passes and fewer runs
1: up the gut to Lenny Fournette for two and a half yards. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, both like hot names during the coaching cycle last last year, uh, Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich. Pretty, pretty disappointing mm-hmm. performances from both of mm-hmm. those guys, um, especially game management stuff from Bowles, which is like, yeah, that's what Todd Bowles was with the Jets. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not really not that surprising at all. Um, Cleveland Browns uh Deshaun Watson ranked dead last in EPA per dropback in week 13 um and it looked it looked that way like the the more you go back and watch that game like I watched a ton of it uh on Sunday just you know seeing what he looked like he looked really really bad he looked really bad in preseason uh the camp reports were kind of hit or miss like I don't know man it just the next couple weeks for the Browns um you know they get the Bengals they get the Ravens they get the Saints you know not like the best defenses in the NFL but some like Lou Anarumo pitches some heaters there as the Bengals' um, defensive coordinator. I'm not feeling great about the Browns' offense overall right now with Watson back. Like it might take him some time to get back up to speed. Understandably, considering all the time he has missed. Yeah, I put Watson as one of my busts this week. Good call at the EPA
0: per dropback. I used some accuracy stats, accuracy ones. Um, but yeah, he was awful. Uh, he what was that
1: accuracy a- stats?
0: He's just his, his completion percentage over expectation was like the seventh percentile, oh uh third gosh. worst off target percentage. Uh he was just it was it's really bad. Um and he had another play where he um they ruled it an incomplete pass, but he nearly had a fumble that was returned for a touchdown, just all on his own volition that he so it, in the preseason he was like two for five. He was it hasn't played much since two thousand and twenty. So obviously uh some rust to be was to be expected. But I wouldn't roll him out here. I, I mean he's I think his E C R and Fantasy Pros is treating him like a starter. This week but I have them yeah, like I 17th or 18th um yeah I mean we got uh um Amari Cooper um it's a road game too right so uh yeah uh, we have that issue too so um yeah I know well, Watson just looks really rusty really inaccurate and now he's facing a, a, a defense playing better in Cincinnati on the road so man I'm taking a wait and see approach before I'm putting him in my fantasy lineup there's easily 12 quarterbacks I, I prefer this week
1: yeah, I would encourage people to listen to Frank Schwab, who you have on the show a lot, and Charles Robinson's conversation from uh, you pod to win the game uh, on their Sunday night recap. Because like, I think they bro- Frank brought up some great points about like with all that's happened with Deshaun Watson and like now how he's basically become the biggest villain in the NFL. I mean, some some Browns fans still love him, whatever. Um, but like, nobody's out there like rooting for Deshaun Watson. You know, doesn't that at some point like get into your head a little bit? I mean, it's totally like intangible stuff but we know this stuff matters we've talked about this a lot in the last couple episodes on the show you would think at one point like that might get into your head like that you know that you just like that lack of confidence like that you used to have something like that but and especially and charles brought up the point like look at how quickly things have turned like teammates fans media has turned on russell wilson and like russ might be a a weirdo but he's a a, by all accounts a, a pretty good guy I don't know if if Watson continues to struggle over the next like three or four weeks, considering that (laughs) I wouldn't say, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, not a good guy, right? Like does not have the goodwill that Russ has built up. I wonder like what the sentiment in the locker room within the Browns organization is like for Deshaun Watson if he doesn't come in and just light it up over the next few weeks.
0: Although I keep hearing rumblings like Russell Wilson won't even like talk to employees unless they're important in the organization. And there's a lot of people yeah, here no, fraud I, yeah. with him. But yeah, I hear you. But Fair. who knows if that's true? And neither here nor there. What, who knows? Whatever. But um, yeah, Watson has. A, there's a lot to talk about with Watson. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, plenty of people be rooting for his failure. And one final note to that note, to that end, the Bengals defense hasn't allowed a quarterback to throw for 300 yards in a game all season and just one multiple touchdown game all year. So he has a tough matchup this week too. So yeah, I'm staying away in fantasy and,
1: and yeah, Uh, I'll tell you a guy we do want to talk about Jared Goff with The Detroit Lions for our next team up here. Jared Goff ranks ninth in adjusted yards per attempt since week eight. Week eight is notable because that was when Amon Ra St. Brown really got back in there. You know, he had the high ankle sprain, then he had that concussion where he got wiped out the Cowboys game right away. Your guy, Jared Goff, uh, Dalton, you're I'm officially labeling you a Jared Goff guy. Um, and uh, look, I think he's played well, it's been great to see, but this is a big sentiment to Amon Ross St. Brown. I think like, I think he is, he was great as a rookie. He has taken yet another step this year to the point that like, I think he is, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm getting real, real high on Amon Ross St. Brown. Not that that's like a hot take or anything like that, but just a true difference maker. And I think a big explanation for why Goss stats look as good as they are.
0: St. Brown is an absolute star. He was tackled at the one yard line for the third straight game last week and still recorded two touchdowns. He's so, so awesome. But um, you set it up for me. I gotta talk more Goff. I used him for my conviction pick this week. He uh you the fantasy pros are catching up his ECRs, the QB11 this week. You just it's just simple, man. At home, the Lions are allow, are averaging the second most points per game in the NFL. Goff has 17 touchdowns uh at home and two on the road. Only Patrick Mahomes is averaging more TD passes per game than Jared Goff in Detroit. And a real nice matchup this week. I mean, the Vikings are allowing the most yards per attempt, the most passing yards, the second most yards per play on the road. So fire up Goff. I have him ranked as a top, I think my seventh QB this week. So uh, yeah, but yes. Sun God deserves plenty of the credit here. But man, hope Jamison Williams, the snaps there. You're not worried about, say, using yeah. St. Brown in DFS or something, are you, with Jamison Williams? He didn't really play no. him. It's just St. Brown's no. gotten all his touchdowns, by the way, at home, too. So he's just he's just uh, one concern here. If you're if you're if you're using DFS, do you know that the Lions ranked like third in DVOA against the past the last five weeks? Hmm. Are they just going to boat yeah. race? The, I guess they still got theirs last week, <laughs> but it's pretty wild that the Lions are two and a half point. That spread has crept
1: up to two and a half point favorite over the 10 and into vikings it's wild dalton because the the lions have a path to make the playoffs right now like they they're clicking at the right time it's pretty wild that the seahawks the lions and the eagles all right now are slated to have a top five pick and all three of them could be in the playoffs this year uh because of those trades and i mean just what a crazy result for all of that all involved but you know goth is funny man because I think people are too hard on Jared Goff, and I know. I mean, you're 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 the Jared Goff guy here, but let me just say this as well. Like, in a way, I think because the Rams like so forcefully dumped Jared Goff in such like a public and humiliating fashion that you know, and they won a Super Bowl, right? Like, so okay, they they got what they wanted out of it, but like, I think it made people double count like some of Jared Goff's flaws like he's just an average starting quarterback so with a, a superstar wide receiver like Amon Ross St. Brown and and I think an underrated supporting cast on offense in general like yeah you can get it done man like I don't yeah, know, awesome offensive line and you get him exactly. indoors. just don't ask him to play out uh, outdoors I guess but yeah no. <laughs> yeah just keep that California guy inside all right we're officially moving into the dusty section uh here of these teams so we can go a little bit faster with these starting oh my god with the Pittsburgh Steelers I say this all the time, wide receiver stats are fake in the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense, and this is an exact reason why. Both Deontay Johnson and George Pickens rank outside the top 40 receivers and targets per route run, but they rank top 10 in unrealized air yards. I mean, enough already with the Steelers' offense, man. Yeah, I guess I don't have much to add other than I've been still rolling with Pickens most
0: week, ranking him ahead of Deontay Johnson. The targets have been there. Uh, It's just going to be a rough go as Pickett learns
1: to play at the NFL level. And he's still playing in Matt Canada's offense, man. That's, that's the that thing. Too. This offense, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. It's any sort of, like, people ask me about Pickens. People ask me about Johnson. I'm like, it's an unserious offense, okay? Like, it's not a real NFL offense, and until they make a change there, I'm not getting excited about anything involved, especially with a rookie quarterback. All right. Atlanta Falcons. Ian Harditz uh, gives us this one. The Falcons. 33% have the league's single lowest rate of catchable deep ball targets, 20 plus yards downfield, according to pro football focus. Um, I think there's a pretty good chance the Falcons make a quarterback change in their bye week because Arthur Smith didn't sound like the idea of starting Desmond Ritter was gonna give him diarrhea. He actually sounded a little bit open to it. Yeah, in fairness to Mariota, he
0: did deal with pressure last week with TJ Watt and company. But yeah, absolutely. The way Arthur Smith worded it, you know, compared to how he would frame the quarterback. Uh, situation before, leads me to believe that Ritter is definitely a possibility coming out of the bye. So I agree. And yeah, the deep passes have been ugly. You're you're big on London and I can see why. I mean, totally. So I'd love to see him just with a different quarterback
1: and see what happens, obviously, with with no pits there as well. Me too. Um, I love the 12 targets last week for Drake London. Um, He's actually pretty like higher in targets per route run than people would think. It's just a very weird offense there. Uh, Green Bay Packers had to bring this one to the table uh, for my own personal reasons, but NFL Research tweeted this out in the middle of the Packers game on Sunday. Christian Watson now has seven receiving touchdowns on just 23 career receptions. Watson joins Martavis Bryant 2014 with the Pittsburgh Steelers as the only rookie wide receivers over the last 25 seasons to have seven plus career receiving touchdowns within their first 25 career receptions. I've been comparing Christian Watson to Martavis Bryant since prior to the draft this year, so that felt pretty pretty funny to 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 see those two uh compared to each other. Uh, Christian Watson, you know, th- th- again talking about offensive rookie of the year, uh people come back and say what about Watson? What does he have to do to win this thing? Like he still has 400 receiving yards on the year. I don't think he's and he only has four more games left. Like the fact that the Packers have a late buy uh is going to kind of work against him like putting up the stats that he would need to, but he I think he's moved to like second or third in terms of betting odds to be offensive rookie of the year, which I I still think is pretty crazy. He looks awesome. Um, obviously, the touchdown rate's unsustainable, but his
0: speed just looks different. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers returns and, and a similar roster returns, um, I'm thinking he'll he'll cost like a late third round fantasy pick next year. Damn. I mean, he yeah. he's uh, that's I feel like people will swing for the fences with the situation he's in and the talent he's shown, even with the touchdown. Sure to regress, yes, but no, he's he's awesome, and I'm curious how much Trey Lance and him, you know, how much of his production came from from Watson, who's quite clearly a special player.
1: I want to see a little more growth as a as a full ter- full receiver like full field guy before buying into that next year. But um, you know he's got four more games to show a lot, uh, so that should be pretty uh, pretty fun to watch there. Indianapolis Colts. Matt Ryan has a 98.5 pass rating when kept clean, 45.3 when under pressure. So you know obviously we're coming off a hideous hideous game for the Colts and the offense in general. Nobody did much of anything. But I feel like we can still feel decent about the Colts' pass catchers when the Colts are going against a pass rush that doesn't look anything like the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah,
0: every quarterback obviously struggles com- uh, comparatively, but um, maybe someone with his age and his lack of mobility it makes sense. But yeah, it's nice, nice to know. And that offensive line, you know, uh, maybe uh, maybe it does emerge from the bye plane better because they do have uh, the personnel to play better than they have this season. That's for sure.
1: I'm not going to get my hopes up on that one. Uh, Next one up here, Arizona Cardinals coming out of their bye week. I probably mentioned this on last week's show, but I'm going to mention it again. Marquise Brown had a 59.7 slot rate in week 12. I uh, love the usage of Brown got in that first game back off IR, Uh, the first game there that we've seen him and DeAndre Hopkins playing together. But – how much of that is the fact that Rondell Moore missed the, missed the game? How much of that is Greg Dorsch missed the game? And will we just see Cliff Kingsbury go back to pretty static like wide receiver usage? Because we fell for this trap, or maybe didn't fall for this trap, but we've had this discussion before about Hopkins as a slot receiver. Uh, but I did think it was at least worth discussing since the fact that this was the first time we saw these two top receivers together in Arizona. Yeah, it's clear Mc- Trey McBride is not ready
0: to contribute. And no matter who plays the slot, they've just put up real big numbers with Murray throughout the season. And so that's huge. Yeah, it's a, it's a guessing game. But it's I will be curious myself with Greg
1: Dorch's possible
0: return, who mans the slot in Arizona?
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. And uh, just overall, yeah, pretty. Uh, I-, I really think Marquise Brown has had an underrated season this year when he's been healthy. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold had a 10 yards per attempt uh, on screen passes. Uh, they they made some plays there uh, in the screen package with old Sam Darnold, but uh no, I didn't wanted to. I just had that note because I think it's funny about Sam Darnold and the screen passes, but no Donta Foreman practicing uh on Wednesday. The Panthers ran the crap out of the ball against the Broncos in that game before the bye. How are we feeling about Chuba Hubbard if Donta Foreman misses this game? Oh, I'd love him. Seattle's
0: been vulnerable against the run lately. And uh, yeah, 17 carries last time we saw him with Foreman getting 24. Game script's not going to afford uh, Carolina to be able to run the ball like that, but I would yeah, absolutely yeah. move
1: Hubbard up as my top 25 back if Foreman is out in this matchup. Yeah, they're playing a star quarterback this week in Geno Smith where they were playing a bad quarterback last week in Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, no connective nice. tissue there uh, at all. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars next team up. Travis Etienne has a 15% targets uh, per route run rate. Yeah. Um, yeah, i I'm interesting here uh because I feel like ETN has been pretty good this season obviously but he's never been involved as a pass catcher. Don't you think it's kind of odd that like that was supposed to be the big appeal or at least according to fantasy heads it was supposed to be the big appeal of him as a player. It is odd. I have heard
0: uh, college watchers uh, claim that it was just more function of just force feeding him the ball. And he's not a natural pass catcher, even in college when he was putting up big numbers. But it's still bizarre. Lawrence is among the ranks among the bottom of the league in in target percentage to his running backs this year. Um, Etienne actually also saw a career high snap rate last week in his return for the most snaps of his career last week, returning from that foot injury. But this week, it's a tough one. The Titans ranked first uh, in defense uh, in run defense DVOA they have not allowed a running back to reach 70 rushing yards in a game since week one. And the fact that you're right, ETN doesn't get the targets. He may, you know what may happen here, though, Lawrence is dealing with a sprained toe and he's yeah. iffy. So maybe uh, Bethard comes in and dumps it off a lot. But you're right. As fantasy managers would like to see far more targets going ETN's way moving forward.
1: Lawrence said that he would play uh, today on Wednesday, but we'll see uh, obviously throughout the course of the week. But yeah, it's just, it's funny too, because this is his college quarterback. This is the guy he got all that production with, right. uh, uh, you know, right. in at Clemson, but it just hasn't really been there. Um, but there are, you know, they, yeah, there are a lot of film bros who would tell you like, oh, no, that uh, he's actually not that natural of a pass catcher, all that stuff. So. Um, we'll see guy who used to think was an awesome pass catcher, Alvin (laughs) Kamara, (laughs) next team up here new Orleans saints. Kamara is averaging 14 touches per game since that Raiders eruption spot where he scored all those touchdowns. It's kind of, I don't know. I feel like Kamara, it's funny because all the discussion was about the suspension in the off season. And then as soon as it was like, Oh, this might get kicked off till next year. It's like, all right, draft Alvin Kamara as usual. And he's at 14 touches per game over his last few games. It's pretty bad. Yeah, three touchdowns on the season,
0: and they all occurred in that Raider game. Uh, just three targets last week with Dalton at QB. That's, you don't usually see that. Lost two fumbles the week before that. So, yeah, it hasn't been great for for Kamara uh, whatsoever. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been awful because he cost you know, a,
1: a mid-second-round fantasy pick. So he's to say he hasn't been worth it would be an understatement. And Mark Ingram now is going to miss the rest of the year. Does that lead you to have any optimism about Kamara going forward, or is it over? I do believe he has has helped him
0: in games. The Ingram's been out this year, so I could absolutely see that being beneficial. So, yeah, there's there's hope there. Um, I mean, yeah, you're probably using Camara if you have him, and, and the Ingram issue could could be a slight boost.
1: Yeah, they're on a bye this week, but they do get the Falcons the game after that, uh, and then the Browns. So the schedule is interesting for Kamara. Oh man, yeah, that that one's going to be a tough one to to try to project those few matchups. So we'll see. Uh, next one up here, Denver Broncos. The Broncos lead the NFL in passes of twenty plus yards this year, which is surprising because their passing offense stinks. I think if you had told most people, like, oh, Russell Wilson's going to lead the NFL in passes of twenty plus yards, people would have thought the the results would be great. The results have been terrible. I don't know much to say about the Broncos because they're basically down to like their preseason roster plus uh Russell Wilson but i don't know thought that was interesting
0: that is interesting definitely surprising i would not have guessed that um one note i will say here is uh Jerry Judy was targeted heavily uh per route a run during his I think it was his return last week right or no it's been back a couple weeks but either way he um hard to remember Sutton. doesn't do anything so. so hey Sutton looks doubtful for this week and there's some interesting uh numbers with Judy succeeding against man and I believe Kansas City plays a ton of man so I think Judy is a is like a, a sleeper this week without Sutton but yeah it's been the ugly
1: offense yeah um have fun with that <laughs> okay yeah All right. All right. yeah I love love the dismissal. That's bad, man. We're talking...
0: Yeah, Judy was right there um, with IUK and uh CD Lamb. And I thought Judy was maybe the best coming in out of out of college. But yeah, it's been a disappointment for him too, along with the rest of that uh Denver offense.
1: It is crazy. Like if you do if you do look at like the yards per route run difference between him versus man and zone coverage, it's like Judy is absurdly efficient at yards per route run against man coverage. And but by the way, a lot of that is quarterback because Russell Wilson has always been a terrible passer against zone coverage. Uh, because of a lot of issues that have gone back the last few years, not just to his Denver Broncos days, but yeah, his Judy's yards per route run against man coverage is pretty hilariously high. If you look at any of those graphs, all right, the Rams are next. We're saving them or trying to avoid them for Thursday night football. (laughs) in just a little bit here, Uh, the Chicago bears, you brought this one to the table. Justin Fields has just three design runs last week. Yeah,
0: I took that one from Adam Levitan. He had been averaging around a dozen before the injury. So, yes, he had the real nice long touchdown run, but realized they really scaled back his designed runs there. So just something to note. You know, I mean, obviously, we're getting his fantasy value from those legs. But um, it's been been awesome to see him evolve. Uh, And he's still producing for fantasy terms, even with that bum shoulders. That was nice to see.
1: Yeah, um, I still feel like he's an every week fantasy start, even if uh they're just the three design rush attempts. So, I mean, you get a buy this week, so hopefully you can get him healthier during the buy and he comes yeah, back. Yeah, he still runs when they're not designed is the thing. Yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that that's a big one. And honestly, I'd like I'd rather him just from a preference standpoint i'd rather see him as more of a scrambler than a design rusher I mean, he's crazy as a design rusher but like he can get out of bounds easier you know he's not as necessarily going to hit by get hit by like the defensive linemen stuff like that on design runs so yeah that that makes a lot of sense guy takes enough sacks anyways we don't need him getting crushed by bigger dudes in the middle of the field there um last one up here houston texans (laughs) <laughs> the Texans are the biggest underdog of the season. That is the uh, that's the stat we have here. Uh, Davis Mills, your guy, Davis Mills is coming back. Uh, you know, great. Whoop do It is better than Kyle Allen. Anything is better than Kyle Allen. Um, Nico Collins was limited to practice today. That's really the only passing game guy we should care about for the Texans.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Cooks and Collins questionable back to Davis Mills. This should be, you know, obviously uh, projected to be an ugly game script for Damian Pierce. But yeah, it hasn't gone, right, gone great for Houston this season. But back to Davis Mills, which I guess makes sense with Kyle Allen's performance. Might as well let the second year QB play this string out.
1: I don't even know what the point of putting Kyle Allen out there was. It's like he stinks. He's not a good quarterback. And, and like... Davis Mills is not the future of your franchise, but he might be like your future backup, you know? So you might as well just let him keep going out there. And again, he's Dalton's guy. So we'd love to see more of that. (laughs) All right. Last game. Last one here is our Thursday night preview for the Raiders. The stat is uh, Josh Jacobs is averaging 31.3 opportunities per game. The last four games, he leads the NFL in rushing. They've taken on the Rams. I don't have a stat for Baker Mayfield, but they added Baker Mayfield and, um, Oh my God! Who cares? I, I can't. If Baker has to start this game, that would just be outrageous. I have a couple of crazy Devonte Adams stats. His Ooh, last nine, his last
0: nine touchdowns have all been twenty-five plus yard plays. And here are career TD catches of twenty-five plus yards from quarterbacks for for Devonte Adams. Aaron Rodgers ten, Derek Carr nine. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's crazy. So they're off. No offense has faced more cover two slash cover six on early downs. Um, And and basically, uh, they rank fourth in rush success rate and fourth in EPA per rush during those uh, he's really helped Josh Jacobs' success yeah. too. It's just crazy that the uh, again, don't forget looking at his box score that he missed that one game with illness. He's just balling. The targets are out of control. He ate last week against an overwhelmed Chargers defense, and it's just been impressive. Thursday night, this could be totally different game script, you know, against the Rams. But man, Devonte Adams, you called him the best receiver in football, and leaving Aaron Rodgers and doing what he's doing, it's really hard to argue against that at this point. It's pretty, pretty, pretty sick. He's on pace
1: for some of his best career numbers. Um, and, and as you
0: said, he was really bad the first two years, right? I heard you talking about yes. that when you're in your reception perception. And then he was almost out of the league. or The first two mm-hmm. years
1: of his career was brutal. And now here we are. It's an unbelievable like story. So it's, it's one of the biggest turnarounds I think we'll ever see in NFL history. That he was like a guy that, yeah, the fans were ready to run out of town. He was, and he deserved it too. He was not a good player his first couple of years, but he's bounced back to, yeah, being the best receiver. And now I think it's like, I mean, it's a discussion to have with like a Stefan Diggs type of Justin Jefferson type, you know, but Tyreek Hill, obviously it's, it's tough to rank your top five receivers, but yeah, what Adams is doing, and he's doing it in a different way. Like you mentioned that the fact that he lines up now almost exclusively as more of an X receiver. They don't get him like those slot targets like they used to in Green Bay, those little like layup stuff. Uh So it, a lot of it has been in the downfield vertical game, and he's been just as good doing that. Like there's no, there is no weakness to Devontae Adams' game, and it's just beautiful to see like, oh, yeah. A guy can be great, and it doesn't have to do with the fact that he's playing with a great quarterback. Like, he's just a legitimately great receiver, and he's still been a great receiver. So, yeah, can't say enough good things about that guy. And even just the fact that they have two dudes there, the Raiders, they have Adams, they have Jacobs. Like, that's tough for a defense because it's like we want to dedicate extra resources to stopping Devontae Adams, but we also want to dedicate extra resources to stopping the run, and you can't do both.
0: You cannot know it. It's ideal for fantasy. It's a dream, the condensed targets and usage there in in Vegas. And hopefully Jacobs can continue to play through this calf injury. It's been impressive. He's, uh, Wow. Imagine turning down his fifth year option and then performing like this. Conversely, the Raiders have allowed the highest adjusted net yards passing this year um, as they typically do. So uh, I don't know. Is Mayfield going to start this? What? I, my my only observation is Tutu Atwell uh, kind of popped off the screen and was a little bit better than I thought. And I would not be surprised when he gets more playing time Thursday night and might even lead this team
1: in yards from scrimmage. John Wolford returned to a limited practice uh, this week. You know, he has a neck injury. Um, I think they'd like to probably start Wolford the rest of the way um, and just like maybe get a comp pick out of Baker Mayfield. But uh, do we do not need to see Baker Mayfield on the, on the 2022 Rams. By the way, that is funny when people do like the Jared Goff versus Matthew Stafford comparisons. Like I know some analytics bros want to like dunk on that whole thing. Imagine what Jared Goff would look like on this team, okay? Like the 2022 Rams. Imagine what Baker Mayfield's going to look like. I don't want to see it, okay? The only thing I'm I'm just glad there's no like number 1 wide receiver for Baker Mayfield to ruin on this team cuz <laughs> all their receivers are on IR and Aaron Donald's ruled out for this game. So, um yeah, the Raiders they're going to get their season back on track here most likely with another win.
0: Yeah, the Rams played admirably last week, though, kept it uh, competitive, but this is a beat-up roster. They keep switching running backs every week, but you got to uh, start yeah. Akers, given what he did last uh, week I and guess. in this matchup, but I mean, I yeah, you're probably gonna, then Williams will end up getting all the carries. But yeah, and I ranked Akers uh, as a starter, but but who knows, it could go, could go sideways for sure, because they've really had like a different leading rusher, I think, every, like, every other week. Yep. It, I don't I think don't the same leading rusher is repeated, is what I'm trying to say, but uh, maybe Thursday night becomes the first
1: the schedule for the rams andy and i think we talked about this on the waiver show it's it's great i mean they get the raiders this week they get the packers next week uh they get the rams and then the chargers so if we do get some clarity with Akers, he's gonna have a nice finish to the season here because of that schedule. But uh yeah, good man, if you start him and then yeah, you get the rug pulled out from under you, you can't be too surprised, unfortunately.
0: It just it's just Brandon Powell gadget plays, and I'm telling you, Atwell, I kind of like him at uh eleven dollars in our in our DFS game. But uh yeah, the the Raiders, um bad offense, man, looking looking interesting with Adams, Jacobs, and Carr just getting it done. And then Waller may come
1: back in week 15, yep. even too. Yep, let's see. That would be great. All right. That's enough Thursday Night Football. Oof. That is going to do it for us. You can follow Dalton on Twitter at Dalton Del Don. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there, make yourself a better fantasy player and improve your timeline by following at Yahoo Fantasy. You will not regret it. If you like the show, please, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. That would sincerely help us a lot. Dalton, you're going to be back tomorrow with Andy Behrens to preview the Week 14 games, buddy. Yep, looking forward to it, man, for sure yeah double we love when dalton gets a double dip that's a lot of harmony in your life dalton so i appreciate i'm getting pulled away from mexico
0: for a wedding next week too so you might miss me so i'm happy to do a double dip this week
1: i know we're gonna have to find another stat nerd to uh fill in for you next week unfortunately so we'll get to that though of course until then until our week 14 preview tomorrow we're out